This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to Star Wars Through the Ages, a positive podcast for pod people by pod people. This podcast examines why we love Star Wars, the amazing space odyssey. We will look in depth at the way it binds the galaxy and us together through its timeline and ours. I'm your host, Charlie Skywalker. Thanks for joining me. Now sit back and relax as we explore Star Wars through the ages. All wings report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock air spoils in attack position. On this week's edition of Star Wars Through the Ages, we are joined by Pat and Charles of Conversations. This week we're going to look at humor in Star Wars and how it could be a therapy. So buckle up, folks. This is going to be one crazy ride. Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the- seen stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at ranchoobiwan.org get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection ranchoobiwan.org <laughs> Well, afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Charlie Skywalker from Star Wars Through the Ages, and today I am joined in by the, the gentlemen, uh, the connoisseurs of all things Star Wars, Conversations. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, but one of the guys who are connoisseurs getting here. Uh, well, um, I, I thought that was Pat. Oh, there uh, you go. Uh, uh, look, oh. we, I checked out when you mentioned gentlemen, so <laughs> look, I don't know. That's what you just uh, <laughs> Usually I'm not well, called sir unless it's accompanied with um, you're making a scene and you must leave. Or pull over. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. My, my daughters uh, have uh, come to the habit of calling, you know, uh, I'm sorry, sir. And, you know, and I'm not sure where they pick this up from, but they all do it. And uh, <laughs> it must be something on TV that they're watching. Uh, hey, I told you to clean up the living room. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. And wow. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Anyway, detention <laughs> block for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. 2187, uh, off they go. <laughs> So uh, I uh, I had an idea for a 
uh, for a show. Uh, and I could not think of two more deserving people uh, than you guys to join me with this. Uh, I, over the last several weeks, I've been uh, examining Star Wars as a therapy. And the different things that we do uh, to either uh, get us away from the world uh, a little bit and how we use Star Wars to do that. Uh, like I've talked about getting into it as a hobby with uh, my um, uh, Star Wars Legion painting that I'm doing uh, or putting together models or uh, general just writing out uh, ideas, um, uh, podcasting as a way of a release to you know kind of escape uh, this craziness of a world that we're in. Uh, and one of the things that I thought about was uh, humor and how Star Wars has so much humor in the series, whether it's intended or not, because uh, there's scenes in almost every movie that, uh, you know, that I just find absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and people look at me like, what in the world are you? What's funny about that? And you know, you know, so uh, and as I say, you know, laughter is the best medicine and uh, being able to laugh at something really helps uh, to deal with a lot of the problems that we face in the world. So uh, and you guys, uh, uh, there's not a, uh, a moment or a show that goes by that there's not a moment I have to pause it and recover from laughing. <laughs> Just because uh, it's the tears are streaming and it's uncontrollable, and I just have to pause, get a couple of deep breaths, and then I can finish listening to the podcast. And uh, so I, I thought you guys would be great with this topic. So, <laughs> Star Wars and humor, go. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, where do we begin? Um, I guess uh, I, I've got I've got several. Um, several instances of uh, humor in Star Wars. Uh, I think if we start with A New Hope, just Han Solo. A lot of his sort of uh, one-liners and quips, like in, in the cantina when he's leaving after Greedo's, you know, smoking in the corner there. Um, and he just flips a coin to the barkeep and he's like, sorry about the mess. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. The um... I I I almost thought uh, when I see that scene, and I almost wish that there was more of a mess, kind of like a, <laughs> um, uh, like a Men in Black when he fires oh. the gun and there's goo everywhere, you know. And you know, if, if there would have been something like that in there, you know, oh, sorry about the mess, and you know, and there's just like, Greedo <laughs> splattered all over the wall, you know. <laughs> And then you got janitor droids like, this is terrible. <laughs> right? Third one exactly. is scraping it off the walls. Um. Yeah, I think that the, uh, first of all, the topic that you chose is fantastic, Charlie. And by the way, your show, like I've said before, uh, delves deep into areas that I, you know, both of us, Pat and I, have appreciated when we listen. So uh, kudos to you as well. And I think for us, the comedy from Star Wars really comes down to what Pat and I do before the show we are always trying to make each other laugh it's just that thing and there are so many examples in star wars whether they're 
uh, serious lines that we've picked out that sort of make a comedic moment of a situation that is potentially serious or the opposite. And that's some of the, the best laughter that we've had out of the movies. Um, and there are a plethora of those examples. And um, But that's where we have the greatest fun with the movies and making each other laugh. So I think that comes out in the show. But uh, the movies, like you said, certainly have examples in every every movie that are sort of obvious comedy and then there's a subtle comedy and uh, then you've got kids comedy which is just like sort of slapstick in that sense and that's what makes them so enjoyable and daring absolutely uh, I, I guess we could even just run down uh, the movies uh, from like old uh, you know the original trilogy the sequel trilogy uh, the prequels um, you know for uh, one of my uh, greatest uh, humor moments in uh, in A New Hope is Princess Leia. Her her mm-hmm. comebacks and her timing is just so classic and it, it just and it actually when you listen to Carrie in interviews or whatnot it's, this, it's the same thing. It's just her personality. She's very smart. She's very quick and uh, just some of the things that she says you're like Wow, that was awesome! And I, I, you know, uh, you know when uh, when they first see the Millennium Falcon, you know, and she says, "You came in that thing," you know, you're braver than I thought. And I was like, "Wow," you know, it's uh, great, great moments like that. Uh, Just one make her character uh, just absolutely amazing. It just it really sets up the movie to uh, to have that uh, free spirit throughout. This is some rescue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like you're being interrogated by the Empire and Darth Vader himself, and like only she could be so bold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charming, charming to the last. you're right though about leia in that you know she's got this uh first of all she's in a very precarious position she's uh delivering and working for the rebel alliance and she's been captured she is a an extremely important part of the rebellion she's a princess of alderaan and she's got high stress very highly stressful job yet she's able to drop these one-liners that again sort of paint that opposite picture right you have You'd expect to be this authoritarian, or maybe almost Tarkin-like in her common demeanor, but no, she's letting them fly, and that's what that counter that counter positioning of the lines and the way she delivers them makes it even more funny. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, and it's just uh, there. There's just so many great moments that are uh, that are in there uh, that you just. You know, just little digs and little barbs, uh, whether it's uh, she's referring to Chewbacca as, you know, get the walking carpet out of my way. And, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, Han Solo's, you know, one liners uh, that he throws in there. Uh, you know, it's just uh, there's so many uh, <laughs> there, there's so many moments of just dialogue. But even beyond dialogue, there's there, there's so many great scenes in there that I, I don't know uh, I couldn't tell you how many times I've rewound and rewatched the stormtrooper hitting his head on the door <laughs> yes 
and and the clunk of the helmet. <laughs> oh, it, 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 and he just it, you know, and he's just like oh, and you know, and reaches up and and touches his helmet, and you know, uh, uh, you know, gets it back on because the. Uh, I guess from what they're saying is they couldn't really see out of those helmets to begin with. Uh, It was just a few little pinpricks for, you know, for the eyes and they couldn't tell where the door was. Uh, And at take after take, it was like one after another, somebody kept hitting their head. And for the one that, you know, it was like, oh, just just put it in there, just roll with it. And, you know, and that was the guy that got got his head uh, knocked on there. And he had to straighten up that helmet because he couldn't see a thing. (laughs) I remember when I first found out about that, it was probably mid-90s. And uh, the the buildup to the uh, special editions was starting so you had the sort of the rumor mill or the story mill was starting to churn and uh, at that point obviously there were still just the VHS's and I had them uh, at home and I remember reading an article about Lucas and and uh, the story about what was happening and that he was planning on re-releasing the uh, special editions in theaters in the coming years and all you know rumors and all that kind of stuff and the article mentioned that helmet cracked and I hadn't you know I'd watched um, Star Wars, obviously, when I grew up, and I'm sure a lot of people know uh, that, you know, after uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, it was sort of the dark time for Star Wars, and I wasn't really reading the books, so I was, I had shifted gears into Star Trek, and when I heard that story, and Pat's not he said, and as I, I heard, I read, you know, read that story, and it's like, wow, <laughs> Pat's exiting me after that. <laughs> uh, I remember pulling out the VHS and rewinding to that scene, and it's like, I cannot believe it that I had never seen that scene before. Now, I saw it maybe probably only once in theaters because I was young and I didn't have the uh, <laughs> the uh, capital to be able to go and see it seven times. Um, but the VHSs, I had them for a while. But I remember exactly what you did, rewinding that scene. It's like, oh my gosh, I had never seen that before. And it's the thing that you cannot unsee anymore once you do watch it. It's something you always pick up. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no, no George Lucas effects in Hollywood that can fix that scene. Uh, there's just... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, apart from him just like walking through the doorway itself, you know that that uh, you know uh, that hit is uh, is iconic. Uh, what what do you? Um, I don't know. As far as old uh, the original trilogy, uh, what Empire? Uh, any uh, any moments you guys can think of in Empire that that stand out? Oh man, um, I think. Um... I think it's uh, I don't know if it's so much funny as the um, just the kind of visual gags with uh, R2 on Dagobah when you know when he gets spit out by the by the swamp monster and then when he's outside the hut and he's curious and he's like peeking up to get in the window there <laughs> just that kind of stuff just it's funny to me yeah and it's cute too yeah absolutely yeah uh, there, there's a couple of things that that, that stuck out to me uh, always, you know, at least as far as the, when I was watching them when I was younger, because now I think they fixed it. When uh, when the ice creature goes to swipe Luke, and you see the pole on the arm, and I was like, <laughs> what in the world kind of creature is that? That's you know, that's a you know, it's big, you know, they, it looks massive, but then it's got this little tiny arm up there. I'm like, what? That's just that's just odd. And then, uh, then you know, that's before I realized, oh, they actually had a, like a, an arm swipe across the screen. That was somebody <laughs> doing it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, 
another uh, one that was a practical effect that uh, I was just always found amusing uh, was in Cloud City uh, after uh, the Empire arrives and you know Lando tells them all to evacuate. You see the, the dude with the ice cream machine, and he's just. <laughs> just jetting right across and I'm like what in the world what is he carrying that's just weird so you pause it and it looks and it looks like an old school ice cream machine you know and it just I'm like where's he go you know it's you know it's gotta take the ice cream somewhere you know Uh, hey he doesn't want to leave it there under imperial control they're not good. They're not going to. Maybe I thought maybe he was a food service worker or something, you know, that, you know, it's his, it's his secret <laughs> ice cream recipe. He can't let that right? go. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, in this, uh, as far as lines go and, and I wish we could have uh, there could be an added scene to this one uh, where Vader tells uh, Boba Fett no disintegrations this time. And I would have loved to seen Boba Fett do the Han Solo shrug. You know, hey, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> all right, come on. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what happens, happens. Sure. Whatever, boss. <laughs> yeah, he's like not threatened at all. Okay, sir. sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I, uh, I think for me, the, uh, the interactions between C-3PO and R2 in Empire um, really solidified uh, my take on their relationship and uh, it being the first movie that I saw um, just this fantastically funny dynamic and uh, I don't even know if Pat and I have talked about this before but um, for me I see R2-D2 and C-3PO as like the droid versions of Abbott and Stello. I find them mm-hmm. really having this this sort of uh, this symbiotic relationship of the straight man and the foil and uh, oh, sorry, the foil and the uh, the comedic part of it. And I see um, R2 as uh, Bud, the tall guy who, you know, sort of delivering the lines. And you've got uh, uh, Lou, yeah, Lou as the as the foil and sort of ending up in the situations, A, that, you know, uh, C-3PO has to, first of all, translate for the audience because it's just beat missiles. And then he's dealing with all of those different situations. And the one-liners that he delivers are at the same time hilarious but so laced with acid it's 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 hilarious you just can't believe but like, they're the best of friends but my gosh sometimes the stuff that he calls r2 is just crazy and uh it's that that represented probably the, and still to this day represents the some of the funniest stuff that i always laugh at is just the way c3po lays into r2 and then r2 doesn't give a crap you know he just rolls on he doesn't care <laughs> You niss, don't, call me a mindless yeah, don't, call, don't call me a mindless philosopher, you overweight uh, glob of grease or glob of grease. something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yeah. nearsighted yeah. scrap pile. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, R2, uh, C-3PO's, um, you know, especially even in the, uh, <laughs> when they're in the, um, uh, the asteroid and the creature in the asteroid there I, don't, I can't remember the name of the creature but they're in the uh, and he's in the Millennium Falcon and Han and Leia and Chewie are outside killing the Minox and he of course is in the cockpit you know safe and sound and <laughs> he's the one 
who's most in peril. And from his perspective, he's like the most important. I mean, come on. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's where the whole C-3PO Twitter account came from. Because he's the most important character in all of Star Wars. Now, we actually haven't oh, that before, but I guess we can go for it now. Oh, yeah. Well, There's guess that. what? <laughs> we created, a, um, we created a, a Twitter account for C-3PO. And all it's, going, all it's about is the stuff that C-3PO says off camera. And between the <laughs> And uh, we, started, we started with A New Hope because, of course... Well, he didn't have a memory after, you know, before New Hope, so it only starts where it starts. And um, <laughs> we've got a whole Twitter account. We, you know, sort of post that every once in a while. So, <laughs> and that was the most least recent episode, actually, was uh, what went on uh, while he was in the Falcon. So, but yes, he's the most important character in the galaxy. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, uh, man. I've, I've always been... Uh mystified by uh, 3PO and his high and mightiness and uh, there's a couple of things in Star Wars that really never uh, sat well with me uh, as far as the dialogue goes because now they're under attack uh, before they even get into the escape pod and uh, you know uh, 3PO says you know hey uh, you know there's be no escape for the princess this time then they get on planet side and you know, they see the video. Well, who's that? I don't know. Some passenger of some importance, I guess. I mean, I, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, did the circuits get scrambled while, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, on entry into the planet, they hit a magnet, you know, uh, magnetic field and some <laughs> and of his, just erased you know, <laughs> just part of it, you know, uh, I don't know. It was, you know, so a little bit of this or we'll take a you know a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b and we'll just kind of fuse them together but you know it's just uh, but uh, yeah it's i was like man is he doing that intentionally or is that just something that you know uh you know, maybe he's in his programming that he's not allowed to tell strangers that right you know, like like he can't read Sith, he can't translate sith right i don't know yeah i mean yeah. or it's just a tainted oil bath i don't i'm right. I, all I know is outer rim oil baths. You can never know where that oil's coming from. Mm, yes. Right? Yes. French fries, Buxton. <laughs> French fries? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, uh, well, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going. But uh, <laughs> I think I think one of the um, uh, one of the things that's excluded from the films is um is hondo onaka from the clone wars and rebels and i love him so much (laughs) he um just well jim cummings is amazing and um he uh you know brought this character to life in the uh animated series and uh he just he's so fun and he's hilarious. The stuff yeah. he says is just amazing. <laughs> so I think I think I think out of all of the the comedy, like the the intended comedy of Star Wars, I think he's he's probably my favorite. <laughs> just just because of the stuff that he gets away with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
true. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and, and there's it seemed like after after the original trilogy, then they started really lacing in a lot more intentional comedy uh, in there in the in the prequels. Uh, just the the banter that Obi Wan and uh, and Anakin, you know, have you know with each other. They're they're one liners. You know, oh, good job. Look what you got us into now. And you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was, you know, uh, I, I could have waited to look for a better speeder, but you know, uh, eh, this one will have to do. It, you know, it just how oh, there's uh, some of the prequel comedy. It's it just seems. I don't know if it's a little forced. Uh, but it just didn't seem as natural as uh, as the original uh, trilogy. I don't know what you guys think about that. I, I think the key to a lot of that comedy is the body language. Uh, for example, on the Battle of Geonosis, when you know Obi Wan looks over and he's like, "What are you doing here, Anakin?" And he's like, "I'm here to rescue you, Master." <laughs> and he just looks over at him, looks up at the chains. Good job. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> I, I think yeah. I think that's what sells it is the just if it was just the delivery of the line, it would have been super cheesy. But with the way that he like pieces together their predicament and he's like, well, we're no better off than before you got here. It <laughs> works. Right. But that's, it's a good point yeah. to both bring up because you have you, know, you got the original trilogy back in the late 70s, early 80s, right? And you have a break and then. He re-releases the special editions, and then out comes the Phantom Menace. Now he's talking about a very. He large... re-releases the um, the original trilogy with more humor. Yes. Okay. That's so true. like all the 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 added like Good CGI point. and all is very humorous. Yeah, you're right, and uh, yeah, because there's more. There's, yeah. Well, that's a fantastic point. That's true because then you know even if you think back to like uh, in Tatooine when they get to uh, Mos Eisley and the the bigger creatures and sort of more fun things to look at. That's a good point. So mm-hmm. he's and trying to speak to a new generation of, of, uh, of fans who are actually, who now who have grown up on, um, you know, Nickelodeon in the early nineties and those types of shows where comedy has sort of taken a forefront. And, you know, uh, I think all three of us here have kids and we've all seen how children have grown up and have different expectations of entertainment. And, Mm-hmm. Uh, you put a new hope on with my kids they're like oh this is so slow uh you know actually phantom menace and attack of the clones a little bit better they're a little more tolerant because of it sort of seems to move quicker and they're big fans of the of the sequel trilogy and so it's fine it's it's a it's an interesting task to uh bridge uh fandom from the age that we're looking at of the old original trilogy into the prequel trilogy and still make the story work, but then also bring in new fans. And of course, what better example of that than is, um, than is Jar Jar, like physical humor, um, physical, uh, and audible humor. That's very front and center, right? You have a character that's clearly identifiable as uh, a comedic character. And you look at, let's say Pixar or some of those more successful companies that have done that have added and imbued comedy into a movie that is obvious it's obvious where the entertainment is for for the kids it's right front and center but then you have those secondary layers of humor that are the quips or the or the audit like mm-hmm. the, uh, the dialogue and so you still have to hit those two lines like you got to make it fun for the kids so they get invested and you also got to entertain the, the adults beyond just the star wars lore and it's really it's a it's not an easy task to do yeah i i agree 100 percent it's uh just the way that 
the way things were added and the evolution uh, of, uh, I guess, me children of of this age. Uh, I know when I was a kid, half the things that they watch on television that are PG rated uh, would have been at least PG thirteen, if not R rated, back when I was a kid. Yes. Uh, it's just uh, you know, uh, the tolerances uh, have uh, really. Um, expounded uh and uh developed over time uh yeah it's just i i don't know there's a scene that uh i guess it's in return of the jedi when they released the um uh, the special editions and it kind of pans back after and i I could have the the wrong scene uh there but after r2 and c3po go back and it kind of pans back outside and there's a creature out there and it burps and and i'm like i'm like really why you know why was that in there it really makes no sense you know why would they why would he add that and then you know my kids are watching it and it happens and every time they bust out laughing and, <laughs> and that's exactly you know it, yeah exactly yeah uh-huh you know it's uh but it, it helped bring them into that uh, that and the the travesty of the uh the new song that they put in there uh jedi rock i guess is what they call it <laughs> let's just say some some attempts at humor uh works and some do not but you know hey that's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that's and right. i think i think the sarlacc also burps when it eats one of the uh week gift guards yes that's right mm. that's right yep yeah yep yeah, I just I I, I I don't know some of the, some of it is like oh yeah that's cool that they add that in there uh, you know I don't mind uh, when they go into Moss Eisley and the creature rears on its head and there's the little thing and he's ah you know goes up in the <laughs> air I mean, okay I I can understand that he got spooked by a speeder you know whatever uh, but you know and then some of it I'm like ah, I wish they just would have left that out but yeah that that comes uh, more, you know we've. Uh, growing up and being entertained by that story and didn't need that sort of obvious sort of slapstick thrown into it but it's like Pat was saying before and you're saying now it's like you have um, a new generation fans to want to watch these movies well guess what you sort of have that comedic moment where you know, there's a golden rule I think of like every two minutes like a the, the, the perfect comedy has a little comedy bit every two minutes or like a lighthearted quip to it where it becomes too serious and it's so like, well, you can only shoehorn that in so much into a story that was that was filmed and finished, you know, 20 years prior. It's, it's a tough sell. <laughs> but uh, I think I it's mean, effective, even, too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Um, but uh, it's really started to me. It really started going over the top and like Revenge of the Sith. And when you have all the 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 little comedy uh bits that are in there when uh, at, at the very beginning during the space battle you know and he's like what, what are you trying to kill me or, you know it's like you know go away i, I can handle this and you know uh, hit the buzz droid in the center eye and you know and it kind of goes off and uh you know and after they get the uh, uh the chancellor uh, and they get caught in like this little force field, and he's like, uh, "How did this happen? We're smarter than this." Well, <laughs> apparently not. You know, it, it, I mean, it's just like it's like one after the other after the other. It's it, you know, it's just it, it gets compounded in there, uh, and I'm like, you know, it's just it's just like a 
I don't know. I was trying to think of uh, like uh, an '80s comedy movie with like Eddie Murphy or uh, or Robin Williams in there. That is just it's like it just one hit right after the other, and then finally, when you're too exhausted uh, from laughing so much, they give you a break, and you're like, oh, all right. Now and then Anakin kills what's going younglings. On. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Weekend at Baru's. Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, <it's> just... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Sad>. <laughs> it's funny. When it just this tar- charred skeleton just being maneuvered <laughs> around. With sunglasses and a, and a, and a uh, Hawaiian print shirt on. Why not? a ball cap. Just see him uh, uh, applying the Tuscan tan. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny. Like but, it's, it's very funny that you brought up about uh, Revenge of the Sith and um, uh, compared to the Attack of the Clones. We'll get we'll get to the Clone Wars in a second because Pat already brought up Hondo, who's a fantastic character from the Clone Wars. But I rewatching Attack of the Clones, wondering. I mean, there are comedic bits, but there's a very very huge lack of comedy in that movie or comedic parts. And first of all, now I'm not going to say that. R2 and C-3PO um, are sort of the glue of the comedy, but they spend most of this movie apart. Uh, there's very few scenes, so you don't have that banter, that, um, that sort of back and forth. You do have some comedic parts, um, uh, but when it comes to uh, that they are reunited, then you've got C-3PO in the, in the droid factory with the head, and the and that again, how does that, does that feel forced? I mean, the kids loved it. I mean, they found it hilarious, and I'm beside myself, and this is a drag. I mean, like, obvious over the, over the, <laughs> the top line. But I wonder sometimes how much of that movie's enjoyment is harder to uh, take in because there are no pauses. There are no comedic moments that sort of lighten the mood that help the story. You're you're in a dark part of that movie, and, of course, it's the center. It's the middle piece of the trilogy, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not going well, and things are happening. So it's uh, as compared to Empire, for example. Um, it's it's uh, Empire had a lot more humor in there, and uh, obviously it's one of the most loved movies of all the entire saga. So uh, it's just interesting to notice that as well. Yeah, it, to me, like it's uh, the, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of um, you know special moments other you know that just felt natural. Uh, you had the C three PO typical one liners thrown in there, like, as you mentioned, but. Uh, you know, it's a, one of the funniest things that uh, to me about the movie was, and I believe this was Attack of the Clones, where where he brings up sand. Oh, I hate sand, and I'm like, yes. really? Yep. I mean, all right, I, I knew you grew up on, uh, you know, for a few years on Tatooine. You're what, uh, six, seven when you uh, were discovered by Qui Gon. So. I, but your uh, your uh, just detest of sand and it's like wh- wh- it, to me it was just funny on his expressions and and the, just uh, how far away from you know a normal conversation you know it's like uh, you know oh well, sand oh I hate sand and it, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, DC uh, when um, uh, Spider-Man versus Superman. You know, and it's like, why do Martha? Why'd you say that name? It's just like, what? Where? Really? Where? What? 
where did that come from? I don't field. You know, I, I just I, I don't quite get it. It it just really felt odd uh, and, and disjointed. Where uh, you know, uh, my kids, you know, when they hear it, they're like, oh yeah, sand it gets everywhere and it's sticky. And I'm like, I guess you can relate where I can't, but whatever. Yeah, it's coarse and it's irritating. It's everywhere. I think, um, I, I, think I, I think I feel like that was made um, that line was put in to kind of dissuade him from wanting to go back to Tatooine between Sand just being terrible and awful and his mother being killed on Tatooine and him almost being attacked by Maul on Tatooine um just kind of reinforced that as a bad place for him, a bad memory, which, you know, when they're like, oh, where do we put Luke? Uh, and Obi-Wan's like, I know where. So um, I think that kind of was intended to kind of cement his his hatred for sand and tattooing. It's interesting. Because He'd then- really hate Jakku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was plan B. They don't even have moisture farms. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think if it wasn't for Kit Fisto's uh, grinning smile and Attack of the Clones, probably would have been a lot worse. <laughs> Save the movie. <laughs> Save the movie. <laughs> Pearly White. Uh, <laughs> Phil Lamar should have voiced him in the in the movie. That would have been awesome. I don't think does he even have any lines in the movie. No, no. no. The center is so, like, so maybe Phil Lamar does voice him in the movie. He does. Okay. <laughs> or Luke from uh, episode seven. You know, he did all his lines. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, that one front and center, we see him the most, I think, in the entire trilogy is when he force pushes uh, C-3PO and, you know, C-3PO goes flying and then just that, that wonderful grin. That... <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like super proud of himself. Yes. He's like, where's my Yavin medal? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like chaos behind him and they were like, hey, I just pushed over. I just forced pushed the joy. Woohoo! It's like he's the like first time that... he's ever used it. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Yoda's not here to tell me not to do that. I've been training my whole life for this. He's like he's like baby Groot in the beginning of Guardians yes. Volume 2. <laughs> when all this chaos and he's just like dancing in the back. He just pushes him. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! But I love. Um, I I do love the dynamic between um, Obi Wan and Anakin. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, on on many levels, but the but the humor in Revenge of the Sith really kind of helps with uh, the believability of their relationship. Okay, when you've got that, uh, and Charles and I were just talking about this uh, yesterday, maybe, where um, in Attack of the Clones, he says, you're the closest thing I had to a father. And then um, in Revenge of the Sith, with the whole, you are my brother, Anakin. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that um, with that father-son sort of dynamic from Attack of the Clones, when he's still growing up and, and heavily learning not only 
how to be a non-murderous human being, but also um, the ways of the Jedi and the Force and all still. Uh, Obi-Wan had to take more of a teacher approach to their relationship. And now with him being a Jedi Knight and trying to be a master in the Revenge of the Sith, um, they're more on the same level. Not, not, not the same level, but they're close to the same level. So I think that that element of humor kind of softens up that relationship to be more of a brother relationship. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That, that transition that we were talking about just a couple of days ago. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and I think yeah, and... the uh, the Phantom, well, sorry, like or even the to- the Clone Wars and into Revenge of the Sith, how Obi Wan, I mean, talk about being the OG internet troll, you know, of having the ability to raise the well, or I guess in this case, like the holonet troll, where he just has this ability to uh, sort of raise that ire, and he just sort of leaves these uh, sort of un, you know open ended comments, you know, I. Sh- when I cut you in half, I should have aimed for your neck. You know, that just that is <laughs> absolutely awesome. And then you can see where that, of course, develops from the Clone Wars uh, and then sort of supports that transition exactly like you were talking about in uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The uh, Their relationship has evolved so much uh, just from uh, when you look at uh, episode one and... Uh, you know, Obi Wan says, "Oh well, uh, Qui Gon, you found another, you know, another life form for us to support." Useless you know? life form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, you know, and then uh, you know when he's, uh, you know, they're in the then they're before the council, and you know, it's like, well, you know, uh, you know, you know he's not going to be trained, and Qui Gon tells Obi Wan, "Look, you know, hey, you're ready to take the trial." So he was what, 18, 19 years old at that point. You know, Anakin is not that far behind him in age. Uh, you know, it's uh, he is what eight, seven, eight, and so you're looking at like a ten-year difference. Uh, so not quite old enough to be a father, although a father figure or a mentor, but more like a brother. And when I'm watching uh, their interactions in um, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith, you really get that brotherly bond because some of the things that they say together and they do together remind me a lot of the way that me and my brother are towards each other. You know, uh, you know, we'll just uh, throw out a one-liner and you know, uh, or uh, if we happen to be uh, near each other, whenever you know, we'd do a check your neck kind of thing, and you know, just you know, that catches you off guard and. You know, just anything out in public, just to, just just to make him, you know, lose a little face is uh, <laughs> just, you know, it's so rewarding when it when it works for you, and you know, and or you know, so embarrassing when it happens to you uh, <laughs> that you just can't wait and you start plant plotting your next move. And I could really see that relationship with them. Uh, and then when you get to the you know the finale and just the, um, you know. Uh, there's so many uh names about the you know about the high ground now uh that you know it's uh you know it's like wow all right it's just it really brings that relationship full circle and uh, they really did a masterful job on it yes that's for Mm -hmm. sure yeah so that means like uh so the next time you're with your brother just making sure you stay away from like you know flowing rivers of lava and you'll be okay (laughs) Uh, yeah normally (laughs) 
Why are you up? And that, that's our goal anytime we go out. So <laughs> it's a good goal. It's a good goal. There is a very good goal. <laughs> um, so kind of, I think getting out of the trilogies uh, and staying with the droid theme. How great and comedic is K2SO? Oh, oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, probably the, the the top three of uh, of my droids. Uh, it's just uh, the just the the comedic timing that uh, that the droid has, and delivered in such a deadpan serious tone, <laughs> just throw it over the top. And it, it, the the lines that the, that they have is are just absolutely amazing. <laughs> Uh, he, why did she get a gun? Yes. <laughs> I love I love the uh, the parallels between him, a kind of retooled Empire droid, and IG Eleven from the Mandalorian. Mm. Very cool. And of, and of course, yeah. he's like any any inkling of doom and gloom, and he's like, I must initiate self destruct. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and how fascinating is it that K2SO literally spends the entire movie insulting or being demeaning, yet by the, the time he dies, spoiler alert, it is one of the most tragic, heartfelt deaths that I've ever watched. Like, I cannot believe this is happening. And yes. he's getting blasted. I'm like, no, no, they can't. And literally, like, I, one of my favorite characters who I just met 42 minutes ago is now dead. It's a mm. fascinating and a, you know, a... a, a credit to the storytelling and just how endearing these characters became over such a short period of time. Despite him being an absolute jerk to everyone. Yes. Including well, Cassian. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Now, let's be fair. The only reason why we like K2SO more is because he's insulting in basic. If Chopper was speaking in basic, he'd probably have a heck of a lot worse stuff to be saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chop, I love him. <laughs> Our spirit animal. He totally uh, is. <laughs> I don't know. If uh, if I could give a voice to Chopper, I think uh, it would have been the uh, the late great George Carlin. I think it just <laughs> wow. uh, just just uh, the 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 flat out. You know, uh, are you? How can you not see this? You know, the type of comedy that Carlin brought is to me that uh, that resonates in Chopper. <laughs> Bill oh, Burr would be good too, actually. If you come to visit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If they, you know, they, they could, uh, they could always do that. I mean, he's part of the Star Wars family now, so. Yeah, I mean, they could throw a bunch of money at Harrison Ford and just have him be himself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's something. <laughs> Tell there. us how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, I love Harrison, but he's a, he's a little bit of a curmudgeon these days. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Just a little. And that's 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 very much how I see Chop. He's just, he's he's kind of like over it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we're here, but so what? <laughs> I'll get the job done, but you're not going to like the way I'm doing it. <laughs> I love the whole thing with him and Lando in Rebels. That's so good. And Lando's <laughs> trying to like be an old smoothie, and he's like, get away from me, you weirdo. <laughs> And who wears capes anyway? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man! But Lando, well, I mean, 
what yeah. about what about Lando and Han in Solo? That's very oh wow, yeah uh-huh. talk, yeah talk about a relationship that uh, is made for comedic gold. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, you know but... and it it goes back to that. Um, not to monopolize or anything, but um, this is my show now. Um, <laughs> the the variances in pronunciation from the original trilogy, where George was like, "Ah, eh, just say it however you think you, you should" or whatever, um, and uh, so you get like Leia and Leah, and then Han and Han, because <laughs> Lando calls him Han, and for Donald Glover to just kind of play off that and like call him hand just because he knows it gets under his skin <laughs> it's like <laughs> and, and han tries to correct him well han and <laughs> and that's where he gets the old sabak thing yeah exactly he's like all right to complain this game <laughs> uh, well you, you you bring up uh, lando and t- kind of to go back with what charles was saying uh about uh k2so uh, the relationship between Lando and L3. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you're, the, the character was so infectious. And you're just like, oh, you know, well, what's she going to say next? And, <laughs> you know, when, you know, uh, you know, she finally gets her goal about liberation, you know, and she sets him free. And then to have her meet that end where you don't ever get to hear from her again but you know that she's kind of alive in the falcon and you you spent all this time getting to know this person and she's made you laugh and now that she's making you cry and you have so much invested in it and now you know it's a i'll never look at the millennium falcon the same way after after watching that movie that's so true and you know the the not the one-liners per se but just the lines that she has uh, in the movie suggests such a rich backstory that you buy into it immediately. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you just take it for face value. It's like, wow, this, they've been through a lot. Uh, they've got a very peculiar relationship. Uh, that's symbiotic, obviously and it worked for both of them. But when you see her being, uh, sort of gunned down and the reaction that, uh, Lando had, and then even Pat and I talked about this in our, Han, in our Lando, uh, episode where, you know, Han went back to get her and tried to save her. And I, you know, how much of that as a character building and relationship building between Han and, and Lando, like for Lando to see that's like, wow, that's one of my most trusted companions more than any of you I just picked up. And you're going out and risking your life to save her for as much, you, for as, much as you can um, must have resonated and stuck with him for a long time. But I totally agree. That's a that was a fantastic relationship. And I think it also speaks to just the the wonder of Star Wars where you can have these machines, these robots, that you connect to on a human level. Yeah, yeah. And it's just made you're like, this is this is like, it's a robot. Why why do I care so much? Yeah. But it's it's because of the the infusion of character that they have. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they can get away with stuff because what's the worst that'll happen? They get blasted. Yeah. Somebody will fix them. <laughs> Exactly. Right. More parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, if they get too much out of hand, you could always do a memory wipe and you know start over fresh. You know, yeah. right? Yeah, it's perfect. Just just tweak their uh, tweak their settings a little bit. 
Oh you know, man, that's what that's what Babu Frick is for. You know? it, see, he gets it. There yeah, you go. Speaking yeah. <laughs> of Babu Frick, that's a that's a great point. <laughs> yes. Uh, but launching into the whole sequel trilogy, what are your thoughts, Charlie, on the sort of sequel trilogy and the comedy that's that's found within? I I really liked uh, parts of it. Uh, some of it that just. Uh, now, as far as the sequel trilogy went on, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, you know, you have the subtleties in The Force Awakens, you have a little bit more in uh, The Last Jedi, and by the time you get to Rise of Skywalker, uh, that there's, uh, the comedy there just seemed a lot, a lot more forced, uh, more upfront with it, um, you know, you, you get... Uh, now I'm trying to remember uh, uh, th- some of the, the things that I really liked about, uh, you know, The Force Awakens. Uh, you know, it was like, well, when uh, uh, Ray, you know, quit holding my hand, you know, and, <laughs> you, you know, Finn is just trying to hold on to her and protect her. And she's like, I can, I got this. Just leave me alone. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, bits like that are... Uh, uh, we're far and few between, I think, in The Force Awakens. It really was more of a, you know, the setup story. Uh, you know, and then when you get to The Last Jedi and you have uh, a few more of uh, the moments, um, you know, uh, uh, Luke, when he's t- telling her, you know, reach out. And, you know, and he starts tickling her, it, you know, it's like, what do you feel? It, you know, it's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, th- that, that was great. Uh, you know, and and then they really, you know, took the brakes off in uh, Rise of Skywalker, and it seemed like almost every scene there was a, a, just another bit of comedy that was in there, uh, very similar to uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, where they started off strong with the comedy, and then they pepper it in uh, every so often, uh, and then you get to the uh, the end of it, and you know, there's not a whole lot of comedy that's there. Uh, but you've had so much uh, at the very beginning that you, you're, you, you've comedied up and you, you reached your max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I the, oh, go ahead. No, that's good. I, I, I see the uh, Rise of Skywalker as you know, like C-3PO's swan song. You know, you've got R2 who's back on the planet with uh, Leia and uh, and her demise and. And he's there, sort of holding the fort down there, and having sort of a very uh, sideshow role. And you got C-3PO riding the wave of the of the uh, you know going on the mission, and having just the lion's share of literally the laugh out loud moments. You can think of so many in that, and the touching moments as well. It was really uh, sort of a uh, uh, solo performance, not to <laughs> not to use a pun, but a solo performance for um, for our, for uh, C-3PO in that one. You got Babu Frick. Um, I found it harder to identify laugh out loud parts in The Force Awakens and uh, The uh, Last Jedi for me personally. Of course, the, the palm frond like you just brought up and the, the feeling the Force or the Porgs. Um, but for me, it didn't take away from the story. I, I loved both movies. I thought there's, you know, obviously there's things that um, that were, you know, I could you know do without or change things. Uh, I did appreciate more Poe Dameron's character as a quip master. Mm-hmm from the force awakens and into the last Jedi when he was, you know, uh, I'm holding for Dr. Hug for Mr. Hugs and his mother, you know, the, that whole sort of line. <laughs> once you understood his character, those moments 
we're comedic because that's the way he is. You know, that's his character. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that before, and I originally had big problems with the way that movie started. It's like it actually literally ripped me out of the movie. It's like, wow, really? I'm holding, I'm holding like a call. Like I was too in our world language. But then you sort of look at the bigger picture. You say, okay, well, I can see where that character arc is coming from. He's just brash, and he's gonna, he's stalling. He's literally stalling. Yeah. The time. And so it fits in that. So I'm hoping that in the same way that. Obviously, the original trilogy for me is always, and for all of us here, have been fantastic. The uh, prequel trilogy has, you know, very quickly grown to be a great trilogy for me, and I'm really hoping that the same thing for the sequel trilogy for everybody else in 20 years. The appreciation level will go up. Mm-hmm. We have had time to see them for what they are, and and, uh, and how hard of a job it was too for JJ. Hey, you're gonna sum- you're gonna summarize and summarize nine movies in one. And uh, tie it with a nice ribbon, make everybody happy. Uh, oh, and make a good movie. Uh, thank you. We'll see you in two years. I mean, that's not a that's a tall order to make, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, uh, you know, initially when the sequels, when the prequels came out, there was a big split um, in the the fandom between the new and the old and, and what's different and not so good and what's, what's different and better for, you know, in in terms of pacing and things like that, that I think most people have come around to appreciate them on at least some level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think time will show, um, that the sequel trilogy gets the same treatment. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of the um, division um, right now will kind of be cleared up with uh, with people kind of maybe being a little more forgiving towards the the highly critical uh, minds that they're they're being viewed with now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Uh, I I also see uh, the way that the sequel trilogy uh, evolved. Um, were relationships similar to the way that we talked about Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship, how it first started. Uh, by the time that you get to the rise of Skywalker, you have uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe, so and their interactions together just show that how far that they've come to, you know, to one rely on each other and have grown together as a family that they can, you know, uh, throw out these one-liners you know uh, you know the whole you know uh i uh, they fly now and uh, you were a spice <laughs> runner you know it's just you know it, it, they just that camaraderie that they've had together and that bond is just uh by the time that you get through that sequel trilogy it's it's so evident and they're able to uh at least have fun or uh, alleviate uh a moment uh and they're comfortable with each other uh, and the way that, yeah, their humor is just a, a, amazing in there and their interaction. Totally. And then yeah. by the time you get to the end of the rise of Skywalker and that embrace that they all have, I mean, for me, um, you know, the ending was, was great. I, I found it touching and I enjoyed that part of the movie. And when they embrace at the end with a hug and there's that three way hug that they're all experiencing for me, it looked like an outtake from the last day of shooting because it looked that real. It was just you yeah. could feel that pain, you could feel that happiness, you could feel all those emotions, uh, which really, like you said, Charlie, like speaks to their development over three movies. Like you really, you really believe and bought into that bond for sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's, uh, is there any other moments that, uh, that stand out to you guys that, uh, that really show humor that we haven't covered yet? <laughs> the poor favorite, uh, the or, or your favorite moment. <laughs> That Porg and the lightsaber in uh, the Last Jedi was will always just like just like, and the one standing at the business end, it's like dip, dip. yes. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, even the Porgs with uh, the way that uh, they look at Chewbacca when he's about to, you know, have that snack. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's already. I mean, uh, come on, uh, it, it, it's already killed. It's already roasted. It's you know it. Right. You know, uh, let on, it not it be killed in vain. <laughs> let me at least finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. I'll, you know, I, I'll do my penance afterwards, but I'm going to eat the snack. I, I, I think we can't, um, we can't wrap this up without, without mentioning one of my favorite lines from, from the Clone Wars, where, um, <laughs> where, um, Hondo basically is like, insolence. We are pirates. We don't even know what that means. <laughs> Just an air of confidence about him, even though he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so good. Uh, another line that I like uh, from uh, uh, the Return of the Jedi is uh, after you know the uh, Luke levitates C-3PO in his magical trick, and uh, to get them out of the uh, the, the fire pit and. Uh, <laughs> You see the C-3PO lands and they're being, uh, you know, cut down and everything. And C-3PO just you know, sits there and goes, I never knew I had it in me. <laughs> I mean, 30 seconds before, he says, I don't know magic. But then, of course, I never I never knew I had it in me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, here, here, here's one that, uh, that I thought of uh, that you know, it's in uh, Rogue One. <laughs> and... They had just, uh, I guess, gotten captured by, and were getting ready to get taken to Saw Gerrera. And so they start black bagging people, so people, so <laughs> they don't know where they're going. And they put a black bag on Chariot. And he's like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm blind. <laughs> Come on. I don't know where I'm going to go, where I'm going anyway. And, yeah, oh, and I was just like, oh, that is that that's just hilarious. You know, is a black bag them. Uh, even the blind guy? Yes, that guy too. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Jeez. That's so good. good. Oh. Yeah, there are lots uh, there are so many laugh out loud moments, which is great, which makes them so endearing because even like I said with the the challenge that I can have like of like classic comedy bits that I've had sort of simmering in my mind for 20 or 40 years uh with the you know uh compare that to the sequel trilogy eventually those all those things will become ingrained part of the the lexicon of all of us star wars fans and they'll becoming they'll become classics as well <laughs> absolutely so uh, i mean i don't know i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty getting pretty laughed out here uh, <laughs> uh any other any other special moments that you guys can think of before we wrap this up I think we covered lots of them. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we could should've... do this all day, but I mean, you know, <laughs> right? Ah, uh, but uh, well, I mean, like I uh, like I said when we started, um, uh, I use Star Wars as a therapy, uh, and to me, there's no better therapy than humor 
Uh, I always try to look on the bright and positive sides of things. Uh, occasionally, life gets the better, and uh, I get pushed down. Uh, but then I, you know, grab onto whatever bit of humor that I can find to start climbing myself back out of that pit. Uh, and uh, you guys definitely help with that. Uh, so I want to thank you for for that. Uh, there's, uh, uh, like I said, there's there's not a, a, a episode that I listen to that I don't have to hit pause on, uh, just because, uh, you know. And, and you guys do it. The, the way that you approach it is just so genuine and you don't do it uh forced uh you know like some of the spots in the movies um you can definitely tell that you guys have a great relationship and i appreciate you sharing that with all of us thank you very much that's very kind of you yeah and that's you know it's it's a um it's an honor and and kind of uh, humbling to you know be asked to be a part of episodes like this when Star Wars humor is totally our wheelhouse, and it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's you know, it's, uh, it's a really cool opportunity to uh, be a part of stuff like that. Absolutely. All right, well, I mean, that's all that I have for this episode. Uh, you know, let everybody know where they can find you guys. All right, well, Did, go for you it. Talk, do you talk first? Do I talk first? Who okay. talks first? I don't know. It's hard to tell in the, the screen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. So we're, uh, our, our podcast is Conversations with a W. Uh, we're at conversations.com, facebook.com forward slash conversations. Uh, over at Twitter, we are at Suations. Instagram is on Conversations. And, um, you know, we're, we got spread shirts and, antics and hand jinx and luke foolery everywhere yeah. even in person sometimes yeah, mostly in person yeah and <laughs> also uh all three of us are part of the red five network of course that's we uh, are recent yes uh, recent, uh, grouping that we've all come together as a whole host of fantastic shows and different viewpoints and different perspectives uh, alongside uh, gold squadron which is uh another group of our you know close friends who have great shows it's a fantastic um, fantastic group of people and podcasts and uh, you can check them out too at red5network.com or at, uh, at red5network on uh, Twitter absolutely and uh, of course uh, I'm Charlie Skywalker uh, red4charlie uh, on Twitter uh, I have an Instagram although I just made it so I don't know what that is <laughs> um, you know, uh, Facebook I just have my personal one on there um, but uh and maybe I'll set up a, a show on it at some point here in the future. Ah, who knows? Uh, Twitter pretty much keeps my, uh, you know, it keeps me busy. Uh, too many newfangled devices, and you know, I start yelling, uh, "Get off my lawn!" So <laughs> it's uh, it's you one of the hazards. Of, uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, the hazards of being born in the '70s, and you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, kids these days and their Twitter handles. And <laughs> they're TikToking. They're TikToking. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember the, when I first heard about that one, I was like, TikTok, what is it, a clock app or something? And, you know, it's like, oh, okay, it's a, maybe it's some new cool ways to do alarms and things. And, you know, no, you got people dancing and swiping mirrors and doing all sorts of different kinds of 
weird things that you know i can barely, I, I can barely work photoshop <laughs> you're right though it's alarming <laughs> i'm here i'm here for the rest of the show <laughs> your waitress unfortunately oh the show's ending oh look at that <laughs> tip your waitress <laughs> uh, i don't know uh, uh. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it, it was great uh, talking with you guys. I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, and uh, talking about this important topic to me. Well, we thank you for having us on, and uh, you've got a great approach to Star Wars. You've delved, you delve deep into it and into areas that Pat and I talk about, but we don't really talk about on our show. It's a it's a really for us it's a really refreshing way of looking at things and the way you go deep into subjects uh, beyond the movies and you get into the meta parts of it and it's always fascinating so we love your show as well so 100% agree that's a definite follow and subscribe uh, appreciate that appreciate that alright well guys uh, go enjoy the rest of your uh, afternoon early evening uh, I mean I'm two hours behind you guys so I, I have a little more time to spare um, <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, I'll go uh, go catch up with the space launch and see what happened there. There you uh, go. Oh, yeah. Uh, this ad is brought to you by the Galactic Law Firm. Dewey, Feckham, and Howe. Are you tired of Jedi butting into your already busy lives? Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Are you exasperated with the Jedi making your life choices for you? You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. You were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this and not join them! Perhaps you should think about one of our premier services. New and improved Restraining Order 66. It's the solution to all your Jedi problems. We are the Imperial solution to the mischief-making Jedi. Call us now. The Galactic Law Firm of Dewey, Feckham, and Howe.